Hello and welcome back. It's Take the Cake with Jenna and Max. And this is episode three. And we're back with all of the things you missed in last week's pop culture. And we're about to take a deep dive. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, into some controversy today, too. We have like really exciting topics. Yeah, as usual, the internet is angry and we're here to tell you why. Not at us yet. Not but at us, <laughs> although. Let's wait till the podcast is published because who knows if some meme page <laughs> is gonna start taking the piss but <laughs> we see you and yeah. and yeah actually because we received feedback on the last episode because one of our big stories was Nicki Minaj is retiring and then um, we received a complaint that she had actually unretired which I looked into and I couldn't find any proof of so um, to quote the great Whitney Houston I want to see the receipts <laughs> the receipts yes um oh by the way let's just yeah get right into it whitney houston it. because she might be dead but she is apparently long but forgotten in the hall of holograms she is alive and kicking <laughs> <laughs> so the story is that they uh today her official instagram channel announced a hologram tour an evening with whitney which isn't gonna feature her obviously <laughs> Just a propped up. And people having dinner next to it, like an evening with Whitney. Morbid fun for and young. Honestly, open casket. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's uh, not funny. How late is too late? Uh, <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, so all her fans are very sad, <clears throat> disappointed. Yeah, I've called it sad and disgusting. How do we feel about this? Well, I just don't think a hologram tour is going to be anywhere near the experience of like seeing Whitney live I also think it's kind of pointless no and it seems like such a money-making scheme those are my exactly because yeah, uh, I remember they did this with Prince at the Super Bowl like a right? few years back and yeah. people were already like iffy about it but also for me the one really great experience about a concert is you see the artist live and it's their live vocals and this has neither of those things right because she won't be there it'll be a hologram which looks like the sims by the way having seen the pictures yeah we, we've looked at the pictures and honestly it's it's not it's not a vibe and I, yeah, yeah i mean i feel like i love seeing artists live in concert i'm seeing Cher next month and then lizzo so in november so i'm very Stop. excited but um if the artist dies, I just assume I missed my sh chance. Um, like, right, you don't think, oh, well, I can't, think, yeah. I can't wait for the hologram tour. It's not <laughs> Ooh, really... TikTok. I mean, in the future, perhaps this is what we're looking at, right? Oof, I would hope not. Well, didn't they do this with Michael Jackson too? For like, one is... No, they used his voice posthumously to record like a song with Justin Timberlake. Yes, yeah, after his death and... I mean... It's just it slightly seems, bizarre, yeah. you know? yeah. I don't think, I don't, I think people will still go to the tour. I mean, yeah, it's going to make money, but it's literally yeah. like dragging at like the... Yeah, flogging a dead horse, as they say. <laughs> There's no way to talk about Whitney. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Whitney. <laughs> yeah, so I think holograms, not for me. Not for me either. Right. And well, I, w I would doubt that she would have wanted it in her lifetime. Like, she yeah, would have agreed to this. Exactly. Because, I mean, it's a technology that wasn't there in their lifetime, so they couldn't have, like, <laughs> specified this in their will. Sure. 
But like it does reminds me of Black Mirror's um Miley Cyrus episode, the one with Ashley O. Yeah. Where she's comatose and they're just taking a hologram of her performing on stage. Literally it's Literally that it's Literally that. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very it's it's really morbid. De- it's yeah. really dehumanizing. Because you can have that figure do and say whatever you want. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And like are people in the audience really having an experience where they're like Oh my god! Like I'm seeing an idol of mine. Do you? Would you get that? Like no. that feeling? It's I don't think so. A digital image. You can also just watch from home, and it's the same. It, right. Yeah. It doesn't take away any authenticity because the liveness just isn't there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. But people will still go, and it will make money. We won't be there. That, that's <laughs> that is that underlining it. Imagine us awkwardly meeting at the concert. Like <laughs> I thought you said you weren't gonna go. <laughs> Right at the front with um, a t-shirt that says, I love holograms. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist, it's our holograms. We're not actually there. <laughs> yeah, so that's what's going to happen. Um, well, my question is, if you were at this concert, hologram or not, would you be using your mobile phone while you were in the audience? Like texting people, sending out messages? Well, I mean, this is another thing that's been talked about this week, which is phone etiquettes at whatever gigs, concerts, the theatre. Each has its own little specific thing, yeah. you know? And so it's Rihanna who's been in trouble for using her phone at a Broadway show, right? Yes, she went to a Broadway show. Um, Do you know which one it was? I don't, but I can't find out. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I don't actually, I don't know what shows are on Broadway so much. The West End I'm more familiar with. Yeah. Um, it was at uh, Jeremy's Slave Play. Okay. (laughs) Uh, No, it was Slave Play. Yeah, that was the title. And Jeremy is the writer whose name is Jeremy O. Harris. Okay. So Slave Play. um, He actually started the show 15 minutes late so she could arrive and and not miss the beginning. And then she sent out three um, messages on her phone during the theater and uh, fans sitting next to her complained, tweeting like, oh, she's um, disturbing us. We can see the phone screen on. It's just disrespectful. While the director was like, no, actually, she's an idol of mine. I waited for her to arrive and I didn't mind her texting me because she was texting him like during the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think people pay so much money for Broadway tickets. So I understand that aspect of it. Um, And I think people... People just don't like it when people get special treatment. But, yeah. like, it's Rihanna, so she will, okay? <laughs> I mean, she can do, like, anything and get away with it. But Honestly. I, it's fair criticism, because, like, I think yeah. it's, she, yeah, no, nobody, nobody is infallible. Nobody is uh, kind of, everyone's open for criticism. Yes. And I think it is a fair comment. However, what are you going to do? It was three text messages. Yeah. It's not like she caused a ruckus throughout she like accepted a phone call started being like hey, right, hey like girl. brenda in scary movie yes <laughs> and right yeah. so i think you know a warranted criticism but not so much of a big deal you know no. also i feel like at a concert for example people are filming on their phones anyway so that wouldn't be as big of a deal no but it's a broadway show yes and movie theater just because it's so dark, so it's just right. really noticeable. Yeah, it's the screens. I've noticed are... it, like, when I went to see, because after last show, I did follow your suggestion and yeah. watched It Chapter 2. Nice. And it was, like, in a big uh, in a big um, auditorium, and it was completely pitch dark, except for this one girl who was, like, 
10, 15 rows ahead of me, but I could still see that she had her phone on right. for a couple of minutes at a time, just yeah. like checking Snapchat, taking pictures of the screen. Wild. And it was just throwing me off because I tried to focus on the screen, but my eyes kept like glitching yeah. to the side, being like, Ugh, I what's would, she looking at? I would be very irritated. Also, just put your phone down for a minute, yeah. people. Yeah, I mean, if you can't like last through one movie without a phone. Yeah, then... Because I, when I watch Netflix at home, I usually have my phone at the side and I'll send out a message. But like a movie is the one place where you actually like focus on the medium right. and you pay good money for it. So Exactly. Yeah. And it is very like, it's immersive. You're in the dark, you're watching the screen, you're projecting yourself, you're identifying. Like that's the spectatorship is really important. So it's really annoying when there's distractions yeah. for sure. And so, another thing we're going to call back from last week mm. is No Angel, which we spoke about, um, which is the collaboration for the new Charlie's Angels Don't film. Don't call me Angel. Don't call me yeah. Angel. No Angel's actually a German girl group from the 90s. Oh. Mm. I will definitely check them out. Like oh, Spice, good. Spice Girls vibes. I feel like German Spice Girls in a way. They nice. have a song called Daylight in Your Eyes. It's it's a bop. A yeah. bop. Okay, I'm And there was a huge out. controversy because one of them then um, which was diagnosed as HIV positive and then like knownly oh, infected a partner and stuff. It was just this Whoa. whole thing. Yeah. Some 90s but shit. But the music was good. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. So Don't Call Me Angel. And it's with um, Ariana Grande, Miley Cyrus and Lana Del Rey. Who okay. would have expected this collab? Well, this is what I had reservations about. I was like, I don't know if I see it. They're all like big, yeah. massive stars with their own kind of aesthetic and their own like uh, places within different genres in pop. But they're all stars. So like, it just seemed to me stirring up the drama of having three massive stars on a track, right? Yeah. And the video is very that. It's not cohesive. Especially Lana's part. It's just a completely different musical style. It's, it seems completely like out like of the... They yeah. edited in something entirely different. <laughs> like it's set in this big mansion, but then Miley's also in a boxing ring. It's <laughs> Honestly, it, it has no it's, no... it's not cohesive. It's just star power without any thought behind it and then make it somewhat angel-devil themed. Yeah, yeah, and then they're all kind of like doing their own brand of sexy, which is like Ariana's like coy, kind of like girl-like problematic. Miley's like in your face, <laughs> right, like aggressive. Right, Miley's like, yeah. I'm tough. And so you were a child star. <laughs> <laughs> and the Lana is just a sultry, whispering thing. Like, right. Ah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, the the composition of them all together in like a particular feast scene is off. It, I it's don't know strange. who directed it, but it, I could do a better job. It's just it strange also that the song is called Don't Call Me Angel, but the movie is called Charlie's Angel and they're literally the angels. And they're wearing angel wings. <laughs> in the video, I am an angel, but don't call me an angel. <laughs> I'm from no heavens. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, w I wasn't a fan. I didn't enjoy it that much. I don't know if the voices work that well. I mean, it has been stuck in my head like for, for a day or two. I, mean, I must same. admit, yeah. <laughs> I will listen to it. More like a guilty pleasure, though, than yes. genuine appreciation. Because I think right. Lana's new album is so much better than, than this. Yes, yeah. and you know what? I watched the video for Doing Time, mm -hmm. and I... Really enjoyed it. My yeah. favorite favorite thing about Lana is her pop culture references. She's so like 
old Hollywood yeah, and captures, yeah. captures the mood of that period in terms Completely, of like yeah. voice, music, lyrics. It's it's this yeah. really nostalgic romanticism um, and also like the tragedy of it all. And like, yeah, Norman fucking Rockwell is, it's, it's yeah. very that. It's really great. During time, she is, like, at a drive-in and they're watching a movie and her guy is, like, off with mm-hmm. another girl and she sees and then they're watching, like, uh, it. it's, like, a spoof on the attack of the 50-foot woman, right? And mm-hmm. then, so it's Lana, massive, walking through the city like some kind of Godzilla. She comes <laughs> out the screen and, like, basically fucks up the guy. It's great. Good for it's, her. It's yeah. really, I did, I enjoyed it. Definitely. I do like Season of the Witch because that's for um, yes. the second Maleficent, Maleficent 2. Yeah. And I saw a comment that said, um, I can't imagine anybody else playing Maleficent. And I was like, I actually agree. Yeah. Yeah. She's become, like, synonymous with the role now. Like, yes. Yeah, 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 for sure. Especially those, like, sharp cheekbones. Those, like, yeah. yeah, razor sharp. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I don't know how if I'm actually going to watch the new Charlie's Angels. I actually hadn't heard about it before I saw the song. I was so like, oh. I heard about it and then... And then nothing. And I remember speculating with my friend who was going to play the Angels. Do you know? Because I still don't know. Who's playing know. the Angels? Yeah. Kristen Stewart. Okay. Naomi Scott and uh, Ella Belinska, who I'm not familiar with. I'm not familiar either. I don't know. She's who that half is. a year younger than me. October '96. Okay. October '96. And then uh, the guys, like the male leads, are going to be Patrick Stewart, I assume, as Charlie. Right. Which would be strange because have they ever shown Charlie? Wasn't he always like a phantom? It was yeah. just the voice. He was the voice, or he was like, uh, like the in the chair with the back turned. Yeah. And, and then, maybe they'll do that, yeah. Maybe. And then Noah Centineo to get all the teenage girls in. Right. And myself. <laughs> I'm like, oh. And then Sam Claflin, who was in um, The Hunger Games. Okay. And uh, he played the main lead in the fifth parts of the Caribbean. Okay. And, I mean, and the Me Before You, where he played with Amelia Clark from, from Game yes. of Thrones. Yeah. Okay. okay. I like him. He's, uh, he's from Suffolk. Oh, okay, nice English boy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen him around. So, yeah, I can see it being like, a, I don't know how, because I feel like the last installment, the, the Cameron Diaz, Lucy Liu one, was already like kind of not as so bad it's good, but kind of like a 2000s yeah, vibe. Yeah, I, I used to watch that film yeah. once a week. It was like the only DVD it, I had. It's good. For it's, it's not an Oscar winner, but it's a thoroughly enjoyable music because it doesn't take itself too seriously. It, exactly. Either. It's very it, it it's very much on its own terms. It's kind of camp. I think you can define yeah, it as no, that. Absolutely. It's very like branding women via different forms of sexuality. Who's the third one? Was Cameron Diaz, Lucy Liu, and uh, was Drew it Barrymore. Drew Barrymore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, what that, happened to her? I've seen cast... her in ages. Well, Drew Barrymore is actually so she was writing the Santa Clara Diet, which was on Netflix. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... Which I think is coming to an end. Yes, they've cancelled it. Oh, um, true, she wasn't that. Yeah. yeah, which I think was a really good idea. It was really kooky, just as you would expect from her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, true, true, true. She's been in that. Yeah. Because this sometimes just actors disappear and you don't know what happened to them. Yeah. And you realize they were so big. Like Meg Ryan was in every rom-com of the 90s. Right. What happened to what her? Where is she to gone? Meg Ryan? Yeah. God, that's a, that's a documentary mystery. That's the, the new true film crime. Yeah. <laughs> BuzzFeed Unsolved is on the case. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, I watched a film on Netflix called Shirkers, which I would like to recommend. Oh, how do you spell that? S H I R K E R S. Shirkers. Oh, okay. What's it about? So it's like uh, it's a documentary film about the making of a film in Singapore. And it turns out to be this like mystery because the guy who was working on the film was this older guy who was like the kind of like film teacher or had these like protégés with him in Singapore and they made the film together and then he went to develop Mm. the film and then literally never got back to them, kept the film and then he, they went to like trace him and then he had died but had kept all the film in really good condition. Anyway, I'm going to leave it at that and it's... uh, Oof. Yeah, and it's not necessarily like really dramatic solving the mystery it's more kind of about them losing a part of themselves yeah because they've made this film and it went nowhere and it was very like um that's gotta be so unsatisfying yeah yeah and i think it captures that kind of um uncompleted yeah uncompleted that disappointment that kind of follows you and oh. it's it's really it's amazing and it, the uh, the film footage which they show because eventually they get it back but it's got oh. no sound and that's into like uh, dispersed throughout the film itself um, and it's beautiful it's really well filmed and it seems even more sad that oh, it never came yeah. to be it's a great anyway I would fully recommend it it's on I will Netflix check it out yeah and um, have you seen I've Tall done. Girl the Netflix comedy about a tall girl falling in love no. I haven't. I what I didn't but I really... saw I saw a friend of mine who's very so post it with like a um finally representation, yeah. But like as like a joke and it made me laugh a lot. And and then I was thinking, is it is it is it deliberate or is it like taking the piss out of itself? I haven't seen it and I haven't Neither, seen the trailer. I have seen the trailer which made me not want to watch it because okay. it's one of the trailers that gives away like 80% of the plot. Sure. So which it's means like, it doesn't have any substance to it. It's like, oh, I'm a tall girl. Um, oh, I'm. Um, everybody's making fun of me because I'm tall. Oh, I'm falling in love with this uh, tall front student. Oh, suddenly <laughs> my best friend tells me he's really in love with me and I'm like, I have to make the choice. And then she tells the best friend, oh, it's been you all along. And then the trailer's over and I'm like, I know everything that's going to happen in the movie. You've taken out all the suspense in three minutes 40. But, I mean, how does she deal with the issues of being tall? How does she learn to love herself? That's the real story. <laughs> it is, it is. And, like, now for, for Halloween Christmas, a lot of Netflix original comedies and rom-coms are going to come out completely predictable and yet enjoyable with, like, a hot uh, mulled wine or chocolate. Right. Yeah, I think um, it's, yeah, it's definitely that season to just plug those easy watches, yeah. which is fine. I mean, I when agree. you have a spare minute, you can watch them. One movie I am excited about is called Knives Out. And yes, uh, have I've you heard, heard of this? this? Yeah. It's from the director who did The Last Jedi, um, Ryan Johnson. And it, the, star, uh, the, the cast is so star-studded that it captured my attention. It's about a mystery writer who uh, dies under odd circumstances during his birthday celebration. And then it's like a whodunit. Yeah. So what I've seen, it seems like it's... Uh like one of those murder mysteries, like I don't know if anybody's seen Clue, but that is one of my yes. favorite it's so films. Good. It's based on like it's it's Cluedo basically, but made into a yeah. film, and it's so which camp just this game and, asked for to to be made into a right. film. It's so good, and it's, the movie is oh, 
It's incredible. So hopefully it's going to be that, but maybe more drama-filled, um, packs more of a punch, because I think that kind of camp... Yeah. ...doesn't work in cinema anymore. It doesn't bring the crowds that it used to. Because I remember what they remade um, Murder on the Orient Express, like, uh, right. last year, two years ago, and it was... It's not what not I want. Uh, it's not what I want hit. from it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The people were like, "No, the '70s original is still superior." Even yes. though, like, every cast member was a major star. Yeah, yeah. I guess that doesn't necessarily bring people in. People are quite yeah. precious about the the remakes. It's everything's being rebooted. Like virtually everything. Nine oh two one zero. The Hills. Um, we don't need that. No, like. We need new stuff, and there's always people writing new stuff, which is why it's very disappointing when they just decide to reboot something, which is of yeah. its time, it just and seems we enjoyed lazy. it then. Yeah, and it, it kind of ruins the memory of the original, especially if it's either a reboot or just, like, a 15 years later sequel, and sometimes it's like, I wish right. I hadn't known what happened to the characters, because yeah. the original ending was so much so much better. Yeah, yeah, and you can just kind of make up in your mind yeah. what you think might have happened, and that's, that's how it should work. That's how I enjoy watching stuff. I agree, I agree. And, well fitting well into this conversation is the fact that Friends turns 25 this year but yeah. the makers have said there will never be a reboot, a remake, yeah. a sequel just because it was about people in their 30s, like late 20s, 30s finding their place in the world. Nobody wants to see like five, 50 plus year olds just like living in suburbia. Like where's the fun in that? Right, and it's a different, it's a different show then, isn't it? It is. And people like the cult following of friends and like even just the the general universal enjoyment of it yeah. you know i mean i still watch it like every week like just in on netflix i would just, put, like yeah. now i would put an episode on like i've seen it all before but it's comfort yeah it's just yeah. absolutely i think people like it as background comforting you know and i think people i i do think people still relate to it yeah because it's like this universal feeling of just like figuring it out, figuring it out. Yeah, and there's the the six of them are so different. Like each of them is like an archetype in its own way. So yeah. you can find yourself in between them. Absolutely, yeah. I think it it works well for like identifying, and also it's funny. It, it really is. is. It's just a really good it's, show. It's isn't a good it? yeah. situational comedy, and the situations are usually like they could be really minuscule, but they really make the yeah. most of them. It's good writing and uh, a lot of fun to see all the guest stars who are still relevant, like young Julia Roberts, yeah. Brad Pitt when he was married to Jennifer Aniston, yeah. and Robin Williams, Bruce Rest in Willis, peace. Yeah. like yeah, a lot of them, yeah. Yeah, so I think, um, I mean, it's pro it's definitely problematic. It's it definitely is, of its yeah. time. I mean, yeah, homophobic jokes, um, jokes about transgender people, like Chandler's dad, that whole storyline. Yeah, which is never explained. Is he trans? Is he a drag queen? Like, what's the... Right, it's just I all, don't, I all don't the same thing. They have Differentiate a fucking clue yeah. about any of it and, and why it's problematic. And so there's a naivety which is not excusable now, but perhaps when you look yeah. at it in the context and you can look back and say, well, no one would ever be writing that now and it's kind of fucked. But also... Also, one of them would likely be gay and not all of them would be white. Right. I mean, Chandler, we all had a hunch. <laughs> <laughs> 
But um, in season nine, which I'm currently at my like third, fourth rewatch, I'm back at season nine, and they introduced uh, Aisha Tyler's character, Charlie Wheeler, who's the black girlfriend of both Joey and Ross, yes. all alert. And um, she was reportedly only written into the show because people were like, there has never been a major character of color in the entire show, yeah. not main character, not friend of them, not partner of them. Yeah. It's all been just white and occasionally Asian. Um, one of my one of my funniest lines, and this was written by <laughs> Tina Fey for um, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, <laughs> and it's the character Titus Andromedon, who um, is a hilarious black gay actor and is yeah. just like the funniest person. And his character is basically himself. Yeah. But anyway, he uh, goes to play the role of Diane Warwick. <laughs> and um, and they're questioning why he can play a woman. And he was like, well, if Aisha Tyler can play a white woman on Friends, then I can play <laughs> Diane Warwick. And I was like, True. She is a white. She plays a. She's a black woman yeah. playing a white woman. Yeah. That like. Ev- it's it's painfully. <laughs> it accurate. was hilarious. Yeah. That that line really got me, and it's very true. It is. Yeah. And then there's a lot of things, but that's the question because we had like, especially in the um, whole Me Too discussion, there was the question: Can you separate the art from the artist? Like, can you still enjoy watching uh, Kevin Spacey movies, even though he's a horrible, despicable human being? Yeah. But yeah. he's a phenomenal actor. Like, right. Can you separate that? Or another thing is, can you still enjoy a show if it's 20, 30 years old, even though it hasn't aged well? Right, exactly. And I think as well, that that comes down to a subjective point of view. Also, I think, depending on how attached you are to the kind of... I think if you follow Kevin Spacey as like an idol or like somebody to look up to or it's it's more than the art for you, there's more of an emotional attachment, then you need to go back yeah. and reassess that once these things come out. But I think enjoying the art, fine. I don't like to support things economically. Like I'm not going to go and see the new Tarantino film and pay to see it. I will watch it illegally when I can. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. how I... Yeah. Have you seen uh, Not Once Upon yet. a Time in Hollywood? Me no, neither. Yeah. I do want to, and I think like uh, I think it'll do. A, I think it'll do a good job of it. It's that kind of six, like summer of '69, Charles Manson. Like I'm really interested in that era, like of LA. So I think it'll be interesting. And Margot Robbie's great as Even is Leonardo. Even though she doesn't have many lines, yeah. as was pointed out, that like Tarantino historically doesn't give his female actors a lot of lines right. compared to the men yeah yeah i mean his dialogue is kind of yeah can be sparse and then they'll, he'll give like the leads like a big monologue that's how he kind of yeah would justify it but again, he's a good director i've enjoyed really, many of his movies yeah, yeah same well speaking of like cancel culture Ooh. and not enjoying things based on people being controversial so snl for their 45th season can't believe it's been on this long i How know crazy. Yeah. so they've got some new cast members um because leslie jones left is leaving the show right she announced right. that which i'm sad about I yeah, like yeah yeah she was a good asset for the show for sure but they've got this guy called bowen young who is the oh. f- uh, first Asian American I think cast so. Member. And the third openly gay, because we have Kate McKinnon and yeah. there was one before her. Yeah. Who? And he's the host of Las Culturistas, which is a very fun podcast that yeah. I can recommend. Yeah. Yeah. So he's super funny. But then also this guy, I can't even think of his name. Is it? Sh- it's Sean something. 
Sure, I want to say like Sean Phillips, but that could just be somebody I, I know. Mm, it wasn't Phillips. It was um, Shane Gillis Shane? or Gillis. Oh, Shane Gillis. I was just slightly off on both then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, um, uh, as they do, cast is announced. People go through their whole internet history and they found on a podcast that he did with some other fucking idiot <laughs> yeah like, uh, i don't some, even know the name yeah. no some like racist comments some misogynistic comments some homophobia you know, homophobia just like a sprinkle of everything like, absolutely yeah like talking about um chinatown in yeah. really derogatory terms yeah, like speak, using slurs right speaking about like any guy who goes and does stand up and speaks about his mental health is gay apparently <laughs> i mean i just don't even understand the logic of that joke that is just toxic masculinity infecting your finest, brain yeah. right? Um, and so people were pretty outraged and he got fired as as a consequence. I agree. I think it was me, the right decision. Me too, especially when you're working with like fellow cast members, like the first Asian American, you really want to be working alongside somebody who has made like racial comments about uh, your yeah. ethnicity. I would not fuck with that. I would just no. that's really uncomfortable for, for Bowen Young, first and foremost. And I think he uh well, Joe Rogan had something to say about it, as he does with most things. <laughs> On his podcast, he was saying, you know, this is just millennial cancel culture. People should be forgiven. Um, everybody has got dirt on them, which is true, of course. Yes, but also some more than others. Right, and in this circumstance, when there's like loads of people who are very deserving of the job on SNL, yes, you and really more want diversity, this di- more than right. just a white another white guy. Exactly, yeah. like if you really want like a dickhead on it, then go ahead, but. I think they always the ask right. Kevin Hart. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. So I think it was, in this case, the right decision. Yeah. I really do. I do agree. Yeah. I mean, SNL has always had its share of controversy, like uh, the whole sure. like Chevy Chase in, in, like from the original cast way back when, yes. who was then like kicked out. And yeah. And I, I remember one time, but this wasn't even a, one of the, um, one of the cast, but like a guest celebrity when, Shannon uh, O'Connor ripped up a picture of the post on air and said, yeah. uh, "Fight the real enemy." <laughs> yes. And then she was blacklisted in Hollywood for uh, for years. She does some crazy shit, Sinead yeah. O'Connor. But do you? Th- oh, she's converted to to Islam, hasn't she? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she can. Yeah. Good I, for you. Right? Do you think? I just. You're f- I hope you're all right. Yeah. Are you okay, Sinead? Hopefully but, um, you are. Do you think SNL is still relevant? Like, because it is like the big comedy show, but then also... Well, I really enjoy sketch comedy. However, well, it was a really big thing when Trump was elected that people were like, satire is dead because this is ridiculous. You can't make it any episode than it already is. Absolutely. Um, and, And I think in a sense, like, I mean, that was just a good title for like a thought piece that everybody was picking up on. I don't think it's that extreme. But I understand that things have shifted a bit. The the surreal has become the reality, in which case... Like political satire doesn't have the same weight to it, but there are other there are other ways, other routes to go down in terms of the sketches, I guess. We'll just have to see what these new people bring, and yeah, I think it can work, but it needs it 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 must change. You know what I mean? You think it's not what it used to be because of how things are at the moment. It's very hit and miss. I love like watching old compilations, but it's very much like. 
yes, this one is really funny, but then you have like very much a lot of the clips where you're like, okay, yeah, they they tried. Yeah, yeah, I think as well, like obviously SNL has their celebrity guests on. It, oh, it was, yeah. And they are so hit and miss. And also Oof. people are super afraid of doing anything wrong or writing anything that's like slightly walking on, you know... along a certain line people don't want to take those risks anymore and so you get things that are quite flat and like i don't know not that you need to like yeah but i be controversial to be funny but also things are too too safe and too vanilla because people are very concerned about their image and coming across like yeah and it has been also criticized just for having uh, a lack of diversity because it is mostly sure. white cast and then with Leslie Jones now leaving yeah um and there's two white well now one white and one asian cast member yeah, yeah maybe uh, like look out for more diversity in the future yeah definitely i think it needs to it still seems like the the tokenism is yeah. is very much there which is ridiculous at this point I mean, another f- franchise that had, like, an issue with diversity in casting or, like, a controversy was um, The Bachelor because uh, they were looking for the latest Bachelor and they chose uh, a candidate who was white over another candidate who was black, like, both from previous Bachelorette season. And people were like, you had a chance to make a black black ba- make a black bachelor for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Um you won't do that but you'll put Sean Spicer on Dancing with the Stars, which is just hilarious. People have really yeah. come through on Twitter with Sean Spicer me. And they've um didn't Karamo Brown from Queer isn't he on the on the same season and he said, "Well, I'll give him a chance. He's a nice guy." And people were like, "Well, if you knew what he did like as part of the government, if you like looked into it, he's not like the fun guy he brands himself to be now, but he right. did a lot of really messed up things." Right, exactly. He was like the just the voice of, of the Trump administration in all of its horrible glory. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. And then Strictly Come Dancing is the UK version. Yes. And that's got Michelle Le Visage, who is a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. And she was a run-up on Celebrity Big Brother. Oh, she was? Yeah, just a couple of years ago. I didn't know season that. 50 because she she did one season then Courtney Act did like two seasons after her and one yes, yes. against Anne Whitcomb the conservative um, <laughs> politician honestly Celebrity Big Brother is, is a riot it's a riot yeah it really is I I really enjoy that it has some iconic moments we were just before the show talking about this <laughs> One from from years ago, two thousand and seven or something, where Jade Goody was incredibly racist against the housemaid um, Shilpa Shetty, mm-hmm. uh, who's from India or of Indian ancestry. But she, I think she's an Indian actress from, she's an from Indian India. Actress, yeah. yeah, Bollywood movies and 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 the like. Yeah. And then there was like this whole controversy that went up to the prime minister and like just like a big discussion and yeah, outrage. Yeah, there was globally. also there was also a girl called. I want to say it's either Chantal or Chanel, one of the two. One of the two, yeah. Um, Who pretended to be a celebrity and got into Celebrity Big Brother. Get out of here. Fully was a normal gal, but everyone was like, oh, yeah, fair (laughs) enough. It looked like every other kind of like reality television star. And people were like, oh, yeah, kind of recognize her. She was a woman off the street. That's hilarious. Right? All props to her. How she won. And she, yeah, she hustled and she went in there and then she was with Preston from The Ordinary Boys, like like a boy band. And what's her name? Chanel? Chanel or Chantel. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, it was it was crazy, and then she had to she had to come out and be like, "Hey, you know, I lied. I'm not famous." But then she was famous. 
because oh, that is Big that brother. is good. Oh, that is just taking the piss off the whole concept. She pulled a number on them. She really did. So uh, yeah, props to her. She played the game. Chantel well. Houghton. 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 Yeah, that's the one. First non-celebrity to feature in Big Brother. Celebrity Big Brother. Yeah. <laughs> and she won. Did she? She win? won the series. Oh, yeah. My days. She she beat uh, ten other celebrities. Oh, that is that is hilarious. Gold. So yeah, I think she um, and she married Preston from the Ordinary Boys. Why? I think are they? They're not still together, are they? Um, no, they divorced one year after. Classic. <laughs> Shockingly. <laughs> no. What oh, a that surprise. is hilarious. Props to her. I know, right? What a legend! I did not know that. Oh. Yeah. So, honestly, Celebrity Big Brother has been a riot yeah. for some time now. Does it? Is does it still? Is it? It is still on because yeah, I remember. Um, I remember um, Courtney Act winning like a year or two ago. Yeah, that must have been only a couple years ago. Yeah, it's yeah, it's still going. Um, since two thousand six. Wow. I think Davina McCall is still um hosting it. Really? Because I know Emma Willis mm-hmm. hosts the regular one, but when it moved to Channel Five rather than Channel Four. Big Brother became a different kind of thing. And I don't think it's as widely watched anymore. Oh, no, I just found out it did end in 2018. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. After 19 series. Yeah. Wow, 19 series. That is long Ryan Thomas of Coronation Street fame won the last series. I don't oh, know him. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Yeah. See, you either, the celebrities either blow up or. Oh, 22nd. Yeah, 22nd uh, series he won. I mean, that's a long run. Yeah. Good for them. I feel like it's not the golden age of reality TV anymore anyways. So like no. the real outrageous things happened like in mid-2000s. Yes. That was a good time to yeah. watch reality TV. Yeah. It was amazing. I'm so glad I was there for it, honestly. Yeah. Oh, it's like the whole MTV thing. Um, yeah. Paris and Nicole, uh, The Simple oh, Life. The Simple Life. Oh, my God. I just recently incredible. rewatched that. Oh. It's all on YouTube, I think. On yeah. YouTube? Mm-hmm. Amazing. I mean, I know what I'm doing with my life for the next month. Absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Gold. Well, I do think while, while uh, Celebrity Blue Brother has come to an end, so uh, is our show for today, because uh, I think we've already... Yes, we have talked for way too long to you guys about our opinions. Exactly. <laughs> well, there's one thing left to do, because it's the thing we always do. And it's um, always uh, looking who impressed us the most and the least from last week. Yeah, so who is taking the cake this week? And who are we uninviting from this tea party? (laughs) Right, so I would say I am uninviting problematic people getting hired to SNL. Oh, that's good. I'm probably uninviting Whitney Houston's hologram. Fair enough. <laughs> Who knows where she might pop up. Yeah. Honestly, in Tesco, maybe, in Albert Hein. That's going to be the next stop, promoting whatever product. So. Yeah. Doing the free testers. Just Oof. Whitney. <laughs> Just Whitney things. <laughs> Just Whitney things. But who takes the cake for you? Okay, so taking the cake for me would probably be... I'm really excited for Knives Out. I think that might be... Me too, because it's be like most... Christopher Plummer's in there, Tony yeah. Collette, Jamie Lee Curtis, right. uh, Chris Evans. Yeah. Good cast. Chris Evans, I mean... In a knitted sweater, yeah. <laughs> in knitwear. It's already gone viral. It <laughs> is honestly the winter warmer we all want and need. Oh. 
Yeah, I think. Yeah, let's let's um, let's have the knives. What well, knives out? Knives out. Take the cake, and we are thrilled to see what it's gonna actually deliver. Yeah. Okay. So that was take the cake episode three with Jenna and Max. Okay. Have a good week, guys, and we'll speak to you next week. Thanks for tuning in, and see you next week. Bye.